It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood, the only Baltimore podcast that fits its current recording schedule around tax season and spring sports Maryland season. I don't even know how to say that. I didn't even know how to say that. Conference no, tournament Banks, season. Conference tournament season. Banks, you're a tired man right now. You you I'm are you are grinding. You are grinding, and you're still potting. That's that. I wanted to give you a special shout. Hundred percent. I appreciate that. From the top. Absolutely. Yeah. What's so um, Uncle Sam? What's what's the what's the most interesting part of uh, of tax season for you? The paychecks. <laughs> yep, that's well, about that's all I got all on that. It. And you think that's so? You think anybody it. wants to listen to that alternative minimum tax and shit like it, shit like that on here? I didn't. You know, I didn't know if there was a, a nugget that us, you know, us laymen that just what, you know at, submit stuff ahead. on Turbo Tax. Ask a CPA what what you got for me. So it's you don't do it for the love of the game? That's what I was going to ask. I, I'm shocked you aren't doing it for the love. That's really the biggest concern that I've now heard your paycheck answer. I thought people that did your taxes were doing it because that's what they've thought about doing their entire lives and dreamed of it. College CPAs yeah. are better. They, they do it because they, they yeah, love it. Yeah, exactly. There's no – yeah, True. there's just – yeah. You're just going out there and walking around for three quarters and then <sighs> turning up and forth. It's horrible. Yeah. It's true. No, you guys got me. Um, yeah. <laughs> When is it over? Uh, it's not April 15th this year because of national federal holidays. So it's April 18th this year. Ew. Oh, on one day. oh, I like it always the 15th. Yeah, 15th just no. feels like the right day. Ugh. No. That's gross. No. That's horrible. You know, it's it's a shame that taxes tax season's gotten away from its roots of, you know, ending on the same day. It's really like to take those traditions away from the game is just – it's tough. It's like – uh, it's like taking the Rose Bowl off January first. <laughs> they pushed. They, I mean, they pushed it last year to May fifteenth because of the well, So I, I, I mean, we're, kind of, we're at least we're Interna- back to April here. International crisis. So I mean, let's have a little respect for that. What's that like? Well, a current international crisis going on right now. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. probably not pushing taxis. Going to put taxis in back from. Yeah, Putin, I wonder maybe. what the tax schedule is out there. Who knows? <laughs> no Eastern Europe. He's got he, uh, his assets are frozen at this point. His assets are frozen. Deadlines up. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of speaking of <laughs> a much more <clears throat> excuse me, a much more important negotiation going on between Ukraine and Russia. But speaking of negotiations, that might be the best transition ever. The MLB lockout. We've we haven't really talked about the lockout much on here, but this feels like the time as we record on Monday night might be a resolution coming. Maybe in the next few hours, there's rumors swirling that. Maybe these two parties have, have taken enough public beating and are going to come to the table and get a deal done. It would be nice. It would be good for a sport that just continues to shoot itself in the foot. Um, but it doesn't, it feels like this would be a much bigger topic if the Orioles were, you know, a, a contending team where you like don't want to lose a season. But this is just not a, I don't feel like it's getting talked about a lot in Baltimore, but going to affect your opening day plans and things like that if they don't get this done. But it seems like they might be getting there. It's just me constantly refreshing Twitter right now, just like seeing the. I mean, we're we're literally just following the the MLB reps walking back and forth to the player side of the parking lot. They're like, "This is the eighth time. This is the ninth time. This is the, the eighth session of the night." So that's where we are right now. Um, it does sound like they're getting somewhere on the playoff teams. I think the players want 
12, I think. And it sounds like the MLB, obviously they want more teams. They're pushing for 14. Um, 14 seems like a lot. I don't care what it is. I just want baseball. I, shit, make it 28 teams. Sure, we'll do that. Run it back that way. Um, I don't know. I mean, to, to you know, Monday has always been their their deadline for for not missing games and not canceling the games. Um, that's going to be the part that that would really suck. Is the you know, if if opening day is pushed back, it probably will be uh, at this point. But I, I think that's the part that's going to upset a lot of people is when these games actually do start getting missed. Spring training is whatever. It's too long anyway. It's probably it's it's probably two weeks too long. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's going to be a long night. It seems like of negotiating, at least now it seems like they're doing it in good faith and trying to at least try and get something worked out. So I don't know who knows they've only had, you know, since December 1st, literally to do this. And, and the owners just kind of started picking it up into high gear. So let's uh, we'll, we'll see if something, if something happens, if it breaks during the show, that would be great. That would be a lot of fun. They should just be- push it back to April 18th. A, a tax season end celebration that's, with opening day. Well, that's that's my two cents. It's not a horrible thought. I do think it's coming. It not only do you have the Monday deadline, but the not that it always has. I mean, everyone is going to always be more pro player, but I do think that the public outcry against Rob Manfred and the owners has accelerated a bit in the last week or so. Like the columns, yet yeah, I mean, Jeff Passan is just absolutely shooting flamethrowers at. And it'll be HQ. And at a certain point, like you got to defend the brand a little bit and actually come to a, come to an agreement and figure it out. So. The thing he doesn't like, MLB network or he'd be fired. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, like baseball can't afford to give ground. Like they just can't afford to do it. So I don't know why it's just this, this stuff never, I, I, I totally understand obviously the labor negotiations and everyone wants their, you know, there's a lot of things at stake here. But you have you also have a brand to protect, and it was interesting. It was interesting, like the hockey lockout essentially like didn't matter to hockey because all that stuff's provincial anyway. They don't really have it. There's not a nat- total national brand. It's a lot of just like teams. That's where baseball is getting to. Like it's just going to be people care about their team and maybe some players, but there's no like big national interest like the NBA can generate or the NFL can generate. And it'll be like the big two sports, and then hockey and baseball if they keep going down this this road yeah so. sucks because again it's like i mean i think all three of us have grown up going to baseball games brian still plays in a league you know it's like it's 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 a, it's a lot of people's first love and now like I, like i'm getting tweets all the time like someone today was like if they if they miss one game of the season i'm not going to a game all year and i was like well that's a bit extreme like that's chill out with that maybe like the other, again, I mean, the, I, I, they're going to lose fans, and they, and they should. I mean, the way they treat I, again, Manfred. I mean, everything he's done, he hasn't done one good thing since he came into into office. He called the World Series trophy a, a piece of metal, and it's you know he stinks. He's the, the one good thing that a any lockout would do is is expedite the Orioles signing Carlos Correa. So that I mean, to add him in to would be is going to be tremendous. I mean, Correa is sitting in the Hilton right now. Just his pen is hovering over the the contract. Just waiting to sign it. Like, just yeah. tell me that deadline. Just the second Manfred says we're good, he's signing it. So, Elias had the Elias had him in the penthouse for weeks, waiting for this to get done. That's how it should be. Bring him home. Yeah. Hell, sign. <laughs> bring, bring Carlos Rodon. Get Kershaw in here. Let's let's bring all the boys home. 
what a report. Just an amazing, amazing drop of the bucket during even no, no one is reporting about anything, but the lockout. And then it's just a random verified account. It's like, ah, interesting. Did we figure out who that guy there. was? Let me, let I me, let me write, look it up. I think he wrote for like a Puerto Rican outlet. I want to say when I was doing a, when I saw it briefly at work today, it, but it, Con I read that and I didn't even soul. stop scrolling. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, right. Just keep moving. I immediately went to RDT's feed to see how he was going to respond to try to get people to like tweets. And he did a good job. I, the lineup is, I mean, Mullins, Mancini, Mountcastle, Correa, that's a top four you can win a title with right there. I think I may switch Trey. You got, I may move Trey down. I may switch him and Hayes. I don't know. Here, so it's Raul Ramos. <laughs> From he covers, I cover writing emoji the Mets, Yankees, MLB for con lost bases full. Apparently, he's a, he's a baseball writer of America Association uh, member, writes for Baseball Aura. 2000 followers. I'm sure he gained a ton in Baltimore today, but yeah, I don't know if he's trying to get some clicks and, and all that. He did a damn good job of it because. You got people fired up. Again, is it going to happen? No shot. There's no chance it's going to happen. Um, but it's fun to it was fun to uh, think about and, and mess around with for an afternoon. The best part is if it does happen, you're back. The harbor discussion is back on the table. <laughs> I searched my name and then heart and then Correa and it was like just like because I was looking for the home run that he hit, the one over the bullpens, and that popped up and I was like, damn it, <laughs> let me get out ahead of this again. <laughs> You're back, baby. I mean, uh, the harbor couldn't be more in play. When do Carlos Correa signs? Addicted. Apparently, I, he said it was a ten-year, ten-year off for three hundred fifty million dollars. I mean, <laughs> the, Orioles, yes. the Orioles are just rolling in the cash. The just, Orioles just that, handing them is out. That Paul McCartney money. It's that Paul McCartney. It's that big. That's that big PMAC money. That big P. When you get those type of ticket sales for a guy that's also playing at the Carrier Dome, I mean, you're in a you're in a <laughs> tremendous tremendous spot. Plus, I mean, they announced that the, they're bringing everybody back for Masson, so they've got to have just money in the coffers. Multi-year deal for Kevin Brown to be the main play-by-play. I mean, Masson must be now raking in the dough. I mean, I mean, it's well-deserving for Kevin Brown and, and Melanie and Jeff and Scott and, and all the people that they're bringing back. Um, I like the crew. I think it's good. I know people really, really shit on Garceau last year. Um, he was rough early on, but I think he found his footing. He'll never be no one. No one's ever going to be Gary Thorne. That's what people still need to like. Just just calm down about Gary Thorne. He's not coming back. It's done. So, you know, listen to Kevin, listen to Ben, listen to Melanie, listen to Jeff, listen to all them and have some fun with it. And we still got we still got Jim Palmer. So let's uh, we'll, you know, hold on to that because I, I'm dying to hear about the pitch that he threw in 1979. That was a one two count to, you know, Ken Singleton. When on a Wednesday in, in New York or something like that, but yeah, I'm ha- I'm happy that they brought all the guys back, all the people back. They got to do the they got to send the announcer on the road though. Th- that is, to me, that's just like what are we doing? Like, you it, and to, to put you know that it's a COVID pan um you know prevention thing. It's like what do, straight cost reduction? Stop yeah, you with can't, the COVID. It's not COVID. And, it's not. It's not COVID. And it's not just the Orioles. I saw people like being like, oh, the Orioles are cheap. It's like, no, there are multiple. I think a lot of teams are still doing that. Like, it's yeah. not just an Orioles. It's not a massive thing. They realize like, that the, the, they, they the, were just the, like, the this, is, this is why. The broadcast is not as bad. Yeah. And it's like, it's, 
I like I think the Red Sox are do are still doing. I think a lot of teams are still doing that. So it's not the Orioles. It's not Angelus being cheap. It's not Masson being cheap. It's 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 a bad it's a bad move I think by everyone. But it's a smart business move because again, if you can save all the money, they're going to save it. But I don't know. I, I thought it was just a, it was a clown show to be like, oh, and you know, for COVID precautions, we're not going to send them. There's just some there. There's just and we we have like some of the Maryland basketball and football. There's been remote broadcast broadcasts. There is just something different. And you can, I guess maybe this is not to like overvalue my ability to watch sports on TV and have over anybody else's, but there, you can tell when they're remote and when they're not, if you like really are paying attention, like you can tell when they're just straight up calling it off the feed and not in person to kind of like see the, there was one like really clear example where someone like said it wasn't raining and it was just like sheeting down at one of our games. It was like, well, you're clearly not here. It was one of like our BTN soccer games. Like, well, you're like, you know, because so many of those networks now do stuff remotely, which is fine. Like, it makes sense when you're BTN and you're doing like, you know, men's lacrosse. And obviously disrespect men's lacrosse if you love, but not actually going to send all those announcers in person if they're not local. But like for Orioles baseball or Boston Red Sox baseball, I mean, are you kidding? Nesson, Nesson can't pony up the money to send their announcers out there. That's just bizarre to me, but it is definitely cost effective. Um, I like that there's some consistency back in the in the crew, and I think Kevin Brown is just better than Garceau. Good job, Garceau. Like Baltimore voice, storting it to the next guy. Good for him. Got the opportunity to do it. He now he's he, gonna he's gonna do a lot of radio this year. They said too, Garceau. So again, he said he's never done an Orioles game on the radio. I'm shocked he didn't do any of the ones last year. But that was that was surprising to me too when I read that. It was because again, it's like you figure that one game when he was doing it with Brooks or something, you know. He filled in one time or something like that. But yeah, yeah I was I was floored when I read that. Not a ton of uh of Ravens news to speak of. The the combine coming up this week, and everyone will continue to get deeply into mock draft season. I am actually interested to see what LeBron says on the or LeBron, what Lamar says on this LeBron show. I mean, this is right up your alley, RDT. This is your guy LeBron. This is his show on the barbershop. The goat talking to Lamar, you know. We'll see, well, yeah, again, we'll see. I, I, again, I saw the one clip. I know they, they have a conversation about Harbaugh. That's all I got, though. I, I don't, I don't think anything else was released from it, but I'm sure it'll feels be good. Like, Pe- people feel, will watch it. Feels like they're not going to ask him about his long-term commitment to Baltimore. That doesn't seem like it's going to like flow with a national audience. Uh, the timing of it's going to be very weird with it too. So, um, I don't know. You, you haven't really seen him. He, he barely talked to media as a whole. Um, pretty much from when he got hurt on. So. It's almost as if we saw glimpses of him around doing Super Bowl week stuff in L.A., and I bet that's when they recorded it, um, given where LeBron's at and everything. So um, I, I don't know. It's weird. Um, it's and because it's like a controlled production and everything, they can easily dance around it or they, nobody's, nobody's asking a hard-hitting questions, I would expect. So, um, I mean, who, who knows what the, the topic is the subject matter is going to be on this thing. And I've, I, I can't say that I've ever watched any of these things with LeBron. So um, you could maybe speak better to that, Eric. I don't know if you've ever watched them, but. Um, I have not. I, oh, I, do, I just see fraudulent. all the clips. Well, no, mm-hmm. I just, I see all the clips that go viral. Big LeBron fan. Have you watched every piece of Olivia Rodrigo content she's put out? Yes. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I watched I just, High School Musical, the musical, <laughs> the series. 
That's a brutal comparison here. Is she in that? I'm just thinking of uh, <laughs> is she is she in that? That's where she got her start. I, I let me tell you what, I was on this train way before the rest of the world. I was calling Olivia Rodrigo a star the first season, right when Disney Plus came out. The first season of High School Musical, the musical, the series came out. I watched the show. I'm watching the two leads, Joshua Bassett, whose driver's license is written about, and Olivia Rodrigo. I was like, these two people are really talented. I text my friend. My friend Megan can vouch for it. She has the text. I said, I said, Olivia Rodrigo, this girl is going to be a star. Like, I'm buying stock in Olivia Rodrigo. And what happens? Star. So hire, hire me at a talent agency one time. I can, I can pick them out. I can pick him out. Look where Olivia is now. Freaking send you to Chicago. Indianapolis. I know. I know. I was, I which was, we are. Through, I was, <laughs> which we are. I am going to be out there. I will be in Indianapolis on Thursday. So I will be on the crowd for both the NFL combine and the Maryland uh, women's basketball's uh, 4A into the Big Ten tournament. So <laughs> you might <laughs> have to file of- an Indiana state tax return. I know this. I've been there three, like three out of the last four weeks. I'm going there next week again for the Big Ten men's tournament. So I, I, West Lafayette to Bloomington to Indianapolis two times in a row. And no disrespect to West Lafayette, but I'm just moving up in terms of places that are better. Leslie Lafayette <laughs> kind of dropping at the bottom. Bloomington is a fun little town, and then Indianapolis being a city. So <laughs> sorry to West, sorry to our West Lafayette contingent of fans, mm. and I'm sure we'll be offended by that. But yeah, I was reading. Um, I was reading some some combine literature to prepare to see who the Ravens would would potentially target. I was reading an athletic article today that I'll give you guys a, a quick to give a quick little Ravens topic. Uh, it was like potential cap casualties <laughs> around the league. Ravens top candidate Alejandro Villanueva. Don't think that would make anybody upset. I've heard like there's a lot of those. Um, there's just accounts that tweet a lot of bullshit about who's interested in who right now in free agency. Somebody said the Bengals are interested in Villanueva and signing him. And it's like, he's not even released yet. Like it, It's not even a thing to even consider right now, but absolutely correct. I would, you know, I don't think it would shock anyone if that were to be the case. Your other candidates, Miles Boykin, really getting under the cap there. Mm. Josh Oliver, really getting under the cap there. Ben Powers, Derek Wolf, Tavon Young, Sam Cook. Sam Cook would be depressing. That'd be shocking, and shocking, yeah. Morgan Cox they, was a shock last year. Morgan so. Cox was a shock last year. Sam Cook, can you guess his age? Thirty-nine. That's what I was going to guess. Nailed it. Thirty-nine mm. years old. Turns forty August thirteenth of this year. I mean, if the Ravens feel like there's a punting prospect, you never know. You that's an very interesting one because it. The returns have not diminished. He's essentially been the same. Although I guess this was his the lowest of his career. Uh, not really. He was he was essentially the same last year. But it's essentially been the same player for his entire career. So we'll see if they decide to to make a move there. But I don't think yeah I don't think anybody would be upset about Villanueva. Um, let's get to our starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. Um, as we always say, Fed Thrill, um, the best sunglasses in Baltimore. Uh, you can get the you get twenty percent off using the promo code exit fifty two, um, and you just said Banks. Did I just hear you say it might be seventy three on Monday? Sunglasses coming. You, you heard you heard correct. Uh, weather's coming soon. I think it's starting to warm up a little bit. Um, fingers crossed. Hope I'm not jinxing it, but I see a lot of days in the upper fifties next week. Um, yeah, 
we're the, I think daylight savings is in like two weeks where next thing you know, you know, sun's going to be going down at seven 15, seven 30. You're going to get some, you know, twilight nine holes in after work. You know, it's a lot of, a lot of time out in the sun right around the corner. So get those uh, federal sunnies. I can't wait for twilight rounds. That's always a good thing to have back in our lives. Beloved teams is our topic. Um, the 2002 Maryland men's basketball national championship team returned on Sunday to college park. And let me tell you guys, it was a fantastic, uh, fantastic affair. Uh, all the names, you know, Steve Juan, Lonnie, Gary Williams, Chris Wilcox, Byron Mouton, all you Andre Collins stand stands out there. They were all back. Um, and uh, it was, it was wonderful. Terps got a win and it got you to thinking RDT about, just beloved teams from our past, whether that be meant to us personally as teams that we rooted for, or just ones of other, you know, ilks that you watched and you're just like, ah, I love this team. Um, are we keeping this to specific years? I guess would be my one question. I guess we have to like specific yeah, like, one year units of teams. Yeah. 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 Like one season, you know, it can go into yep. the, the years. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just one season. Yep. Um, RDT, you have the first pick. Um, I have the second pick. Banks, you have the uh, the third pick. And RDT, I think I know what you're taking here, but you can start it off. Yeah, like like you said, like you let it off. It's it's that O two Terps team. O one O two. Like watching watching that whole the whole ceremony and and every, all the pictures and videos and content that you guys put out this this weekend was awesome. Like Juan Dixon still looks like he's 19, 20 years old. Like it's amazing. Yeah, like he he still looks the same. Seeing everyone back was really cool. Um, again, the the what do you guys call it? Like the little not a luncheon before, but like a we they call it the chat with legends is our title. Say, I was gonna say like a story time kind of thing. Um, looked really cool. You were talking about it before we went on. Uh, I'm gonna listen to that after. Um, on YouTube for people from Maryland fans who would like to watch that. On, Fifty minutes of absolute goodness. And even like the little like one minute video you guys put up was awesome. Like the I saw it on Instagram a bunch and and everything has just been so great. And it just like reminded me, I was like, this team was not only were they awesome, just so good. Um they were they were just so fun to watch. Um were they 32 and four? They started out the year with the the loss to Arizona and then just kind of cruised. Um Obviously, it ends with the championship, which, again, like we've talked about, I know one of the not a good championship game, very boring, like horrible. <laughs> the yeah. funny part of that, their tournament run, because I've been knee deep in this for like three months, is the championship game's horrible. So I think that's kind of how they're remembered nationally by the title game. The semifinal against Kansas and the Elite Eight game against UConn, especially the Elite Eight game against UConn, are two mm -hmm. unbelievably fun basketball games the, to watch. The Juan Dixon the Elite game against Butler. UConn is an incredible game, an incredible game of basketball. Yeah, I, look at the whole like they blew out Wisconsin, but even like the Kentucky game was awesome. Like those the guys on those teams, like go back and look at the roster on Kentucky and UConn and Kansas. They were unbelievable. Like it's crazy how much talent was on all those teams. Um, and I know we've talked about it before when they lost that end to the end to NC state in the ACC tournament. I was like, I think I cried when they lost that game. I was like, I was so upset when they lost. And then for them to just like I, watching those games in the tournament was just so much fun. And it was, it was it, easily my favorite team. Like Juan is my favorite college basketball player of all time. Um, 
like I loved Chris Wilcox. We used to lower the rim to seven foot in our neighborhood. And I just used to slam it like Wilcox, like just try and replicate all of his dunks. Um, just a very likable team. Again, the fact that they won it all was, was so awesome. And, you know, again, that they could complete what they couldn't, what they could finish that they couldn't the year before. Um, watching all the stuff this weekend, I was like, it has to be, this is by far my favorite team ever of any sport. They also have like beloved bench guys. Like everyone loves Drew Nicholas and Tosh Holden and Ryan Sleepy Randall. And like, they just had like, Mike a, they Grinnan. went like Mike Grinnan. Like, the, like everyone had like a really good story that they told at this thing um, that everyone should go watch, but just a beloved team. And I think the one thing that Maryland ever see everyone has different college allegiances. So this isn't totally true. I guess what I'm about to say, the one thing that, like Maryland teams can do that a Ravens team can't do or, or the football or the commanders or the wizards or whatever. Like it kind of like, you know, you have your places that are just like just commanders fans, your places that are just Ravens fans for football. So that doesn't like galvanize the state totally or like the wizards or the caps will never totally galvanize the state of Maryland. Like they're just Maryland fans that are always fans of all these other teams. And it kind of brings people like, you can have someone that's just like a hardline Ravens fan or hardline Commanders fan, but like Maryland men's basketball can bring those two people together, which I think is cool. And there hasn't really been a Maryland team, unfortunately, that's necessarily done that. Obviously, it's never done that in the same way as the 2002 team. But you have so many people just from all over the state that love that team, um, obviously because it's University of Maryland, but also because, you know, you don't have those – you don't have a bunch of options of teams to root for. Like that is the major college team that you root for in the state. Like It's what it is, so – it's just cool to see the outpouring. I mean, we saw it all over social media this weekend, just the outpouring of support for that team. It's amazing. It's amazing with those people. And they they walk around. The coolest part was watching them walk around and watching people look at them and just look at them like gods. It was like, not that I wasn't one of those people, but like looking at like, and then Juan Dixon was, you know, walking on the floor and people were yelling to him about his wife, Robin, who's on the Real Housewives of Potomac. Like what a weird world he's got to be in where he's like, hears about himself and then now he's on this other whole different world it's very fascinating so all those guys that they were doing great too it was very very cool to see um i have the second pick i this will be pretty chalky i will take the 2000 uh ravens uh the team that got me and really got me into invested into them and uh has obviously from a beloved standpoint has an amazing group of beloved players and a beloved unit in terms of the defense um but I think that's a pretty easy pick and a team that will mean a lot to me for the rest of my life. So I will take them. A lot of personality on that team. Obviously the defense was the identity and they have, um, I mean, you, you guys know as much as anyone, like I just love the Super Bowl intro <laughs> graphics from CBS on that game. Yeah. Um, they do numbies on the Twitter every year. They do. They absolutely do. Um, but you get a guy like Shannon Sharp on the other side of the ball and the team just had, you know, reeling off 11 straight wins to win it all. Um, not scoring a touchdown, like in the month of October um, and coming from that and making a quarterback change. And it's just kind of a very storybook season. I mean, the, the stars just kind of aligned with things like Shannon Sharp catching that ball that ricocheted all over the place and taking it to the house against Denver and, Ray Lewis making the biggest play of his career in Tennessee and, and sharp again, going for 96 yards to stake the Ravens to an early lead that you knew was going to hold up against um, the Raiders. Just, I don't know, just the season 
since it was such an impressionable time in my life at nine years old, like I could just think my way through all those games and just how they all went and um, great team. You talk about personality. I'm I, I just, as you were talking, I was racking my brain thinking of how many of those guys kind of ended up in the media. Um, like obviously Sharp has his, you know, song and dance he does with Skip, but like Tony Saragusa was a presence on Fox for a long time. Obviously Quadra Ishmael did stuff here locally. Ray Lewis obviously ended up on ESPN and now does some stuff for Fox. So like you had guys that ended up just like translating to TV from Brad that Bilks. team. And then, yeah, Brian Billick. And then beyond that, Trent Dilfer. Dilfer, like, yeah, Dilfer. Like, yeah. Uh, so that's kind Deuce, of the other interesting Deuce part did sideline stuff. Yeah. Um, and even beyond that, like guys that didn't end up in the me, like Rod Woodson and some of these guys, like they just had – they had a lot of like characters. And it's amazing they were on hard knocks. Like hmm. – and you saw a lot of that, so. I want to say Kyle Richardson on – with the punter does some stuff for the Browns too. Oh, no, right. it's Dave Zacidol I'm thinking of. Never mind. <laughs> Common mistake. Yeah. Common mistake. Uh, bank shift two. Um, that was that was chalk. Um, I got to go with the 2018 caps. Got to do it. Got to take them. That's an easy pick. Um, there's a ton of value here for me just because of the way there were so many teams that were beloved in their own right that were supposed to do it and they just didn't do it. And then this team wasn't. This was supposed to be a little bit of a letdown year, and they they weren't supposed to do it. They didn't necessarily look like they were going to do it, and then all of a sudden they just like just like two thousand Ravens, they just caught fire and they they started winning and they got over the hump against Pittsburgh and they they you know I don't think people think about that Tampa series as much as they should um, coming back from down three two. So um, just an awesome team. I don't know. I've waited for that team for a lot of years, even before um, Ovechkin was around. I mean, yeah, I'll leave it at that. I don't want to keep going on this. I think for me, I'm not as big of a cast fan as either of you guys, but I think for me, what made them fun down the stretch, it felt like, felt like a lot of different guys just had their individual moments as they went through. Like you had just like, Devonte Smith Pelly come out of nowhere. Like that's kind of what makes a team even more beloved when some of the guys that like, when you're really following the team, you kind of know who they are and then they get their big moment in the sun. Um, and I just had a more casual side. So I wasn't, you know, a big, big, like Devonte Smith Pelly truth or something, but like watching guys like that have their moments is, you know, part of what makes teams beloved. I think. Is that like the, yeah, the role player step, like Lars Ellers, like just scoring the yeah. game winner, like the, the series winner. Like, yeah, it's it's the little guys like that just coming in out of nowhere and just cementing themselves. Like, Smith Pelly is going to be a legend in D.C. forever. I will never forget being at Pickles for um, the Braden Holby save across the goal. That was one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen in a bar with people. Like, people just went absolutely nuts. <laughs> yeah. You got another one. I... I guess I'll just take the 2014 Orioles. This is obviously for us in our live lifetimes. It's probably between two Orioles teams, and I'm going to take the one that won the division. Um, and they didn't just win the division. I mean, they they that was supposed to be the year, and they they did a lot of things that we've never seen a team here in Baltimore do, you know, in our lifetimes. But uh, 
just the energy that the city got behind that team and, and uh, hosting some big games here at home and sweeping Detroit and all that stuff. Delman Young, that whole thing. Um, pretty unforgettable. I'm ready for more. Yeah. I mean, you said it, it was that, that team was, it was supposed to be an all orange and black world series that year. That, that was a crushing, that was a crushing playoff loss when they, oh. when they, that, that series was awful, but everything <laughs> leading up to it was, was amazing. It was a very fun. T- and again, you talk about characters on the team. It was a very fun September too. Yeah. Cause I mean, they, they, they clinched and then they just kind of cruised. It was like, they clinched with like two weeks left almost. Yeah. Something like that. And it was like, all right, well, I guess now we get ready. We just watch scoreboards for, for the next couple, uh, next couple of weeks. Um, what do I want to do here? I am going to take the, I'm going to take the 2012 Orioles. And I think the 2012 Orioles for me, I probably would have taken 2014 before them, but the 20, I almost want to just connect them with the back half of 2011 and the entire like you just felt like something was happening there and then they parlayed it into the next year. That was a very fun team. And I don't know if any fan base has ever celebrated a wild card. Not that it was the first wild card win everyone, but since I don't think a fan base has ever celebrated a wild card playoff win. <laughs> that felt like such a big deal. And I remember thinking how much pride I had in being the first team to ever win the AL wildcard game, which is maybe one of the saddest feelings you could ever have as a fan to like think that's like the biggest deal of all time. But it felt like such a, that game felt like the Super Bowl. It was like, Oh, can we win a playoff game? Like, can we get into the actual playoffs? Like how cool would that be? And then I had a chance to beat the Yankees in, in the ALDS, but um, just a, a, a very fun team. A lot of that, you know, core still on 2014, but you know, McLeod, JJ Hardy, Weeders, Chris Davis, Marcakis, so Adam Jones, a young, a nineteen-year-old Manny Machado was a, was a part of the fun of that, the end of that campaign too, and and his emergence. So when, I mean, when they called him up, Eric's, that was one of the Eric's, most a huge moment. Eric's got Jim Tomei, forty-one. <laughs> I was at the game when he hit his last home run. Not a big deal. People did not get my my joke when I said, uh, "Who was it?" Their MLB Players Association named Tomei some award. And it was a picture of him and uh, Brooks Brooks Robinson, and I said like two Orioles uh, legends. And the people people took me seriously. You're right though. The the Machado call up was a big deal. I this is interesting though. Just reading this off, and I guess it crests in 2014 when these guys get a couple years older. But you look at the ages of, of the main players here: Weeders 26, Hardy 29, Jones 26, Marquez 28, Davis 26, obviously Machado 19. And then you go to the pitching staff, Chen, 26, Hunter, 25, Hamill, 29, Arietta 26, Gonzalez, 28, Tillman, 24, Jim Johnson, 29. Not a ton of like old, old guys on that team. Like a ton of guys that were just like kind of coming to their prime as baseball players and why the world's had, you know, a good three or four year run there. So they just, they fun just team. clicked. And Buck was awesome. I mean, Buck, Buck is like a guy that just makes teams beloved because you just you can't help but like, not like it. All right, RDT, you got two. All right. Well, I was hoping one of those two would, would get to me. I didn't think so. Um, I thought one may. I'm going. I'm going 96 Orioles. This is probably predating any of our listeners. This was like my first year into baseball. Um, watching, I remember watching a ton of games. Um, 
team was a wagon too. They finished where's the record? 88, 74, and one. Um, second in the AL East. Won the won the divisional series over the Indians, which was an awesome playoff series to go back and watch. Some of those games pitched there were, were awesome. Lost the those AS. are fun YouTube, low key YouTube watch. I've oh. gone back. I went during the pandemic when you had a, I had a lot of time on my hands. I went back and watched some of those. It was fun. Yeah, they're, they're, they're great to watch on there. They're very fun. Um, lost the ALCS 4 1 to the Yankees. I was at one of the games. I have the, the ball downstairs. I think I've talked about it that knocked my dad's lens out of his glasses from uh, Daryl Strawberry's foul ball into the club level. Um, and I just remember, like, this, I mean, the stadium was shaking during the playoff games. It was. It was Awesome. And I mean, like reading down this roster, this is just a who's who of like of, of Orioles legends. You got Chris Hoyles, Rafael oh. Palmero, Roberto oh. Alomar, Cal Ripken, BJ Surhoff, Jeffrey Hammonds, Brady Anderson, Bobby Bonilla, Eddie, 40 year old Eddie Murray at DH. It was just I, a, I, oh. I did not do steroids, period. The point yeah. Billy Ripken, Todd Zeal, Greg Zahn, <laughs> Tony Tarasco, Manny Alexander, like Mike Devereaux. I mean, these names. And the home runs they hit, every starter except for Jeffrey Hammonds and Eddie Murray hit over 20. 21 home runs is the least amount that hit. Brady hit 50. Bobby Bonilla hit 28. Surhoff, 21. Cal, 26. Roberto, 22. Palmero, 39. Chris Hoyles, 25. Like, they were just mashing home runs. They hit so many home runs. They they were such a fun team. Um, And, again, that was kind of like my first – I think that's like the first years that I remember baseball. So like going to games with my dad, my dad's a Yankee fan. So we used to go to the playoff games, obviously. And we, I mean, we, we went to a ton of games that year too. And so it was just a very easy team to like fall in love with being like, Oh, Brady Anderson, this guy's awesome. Cal Ripken, this guy's awesome. Mike Mussina, love this guy. David Wells was, a, was an Oriole that his one year, Scott Erickson, um, Mike Mussina, just Jesse Orozco out of the bullpen. Just a, an awesome, again, the names are like, they're just all time baseball names. So that that that's a very easy one for me. A very fun. Again, the playoff series that we don't talk about. Um, so I'm going 96 Orioles. And then let me see. Fuck, I gotta pull up my my tab. I think I'm going them. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm going 2003 Titans. Um, just a very good team again. They they beat the Ravens of the wild card, lost in the divisional round to the Patriots um, on like a, a – it was like a record freezing cold temperature in New England. Uh, it was like a fourth down. McNair threw one up to Drew Bennett, and it's like – it was just so cold the ball didn't go anywhere, and it was, it was, it was over then. But very fun team to watch. I think I went to was – was this year? Yeah, I went to a game in Pittsburgh, watched them win 31-13. Just again, McNair, Billy Volek, Neil O'Donnell, quarterbacks, great names. Eddie George, Chris Brown running it. Chris Mason McCarron's Ty- Tyrone. Colorado. Yeah, dude, he was, he was, he, I've he never good. seen a guy stand more straight up while running the ball. Chris Brown was good in college. He was really good. He, he had some, he had yeah. a couple good years in the uh, NFL. Those were but, good um, Colorado teams he was on. Mm-hmm. Aaron Kinney, like these names, I just, I see these names from my, my Madden seasons all the time. Um, so. <laughs> And again, they they were they were a damn good team. Um, I don't know why, but I like this team better than the Super Bowl team a couple years earlier. So I'm going o three Titans. I have to get a Terps basketball team in here, and I was between three. And I land. I'm going to take o nine ten 
ACC co-regular season champions. Um, and really the deciding factor there um, is Vasquez. Um, it, it's hard not to take one with GV on there, the general. Um, I don't know if there's – there are obviously just maybe as beloved players, you know, Juan, Len Bias, list goes on. In terms of the passion that he embroiled in the fan base, I don't know if there's one better than Vasquez in Maryland history. And he was just a just a galvanizing force, unlike, you know, you, you don't really see it as, you know, a ton in college. You see it in college sports, but just in the way he expressed himself. Um, and then the, the role players were fun. Um, Sean Mosley, obviously a, a Baltimore guy. Um, Eric Kays is sort of, you know, an unsung, an unsung guard. Uh, Landon Melbourne unsung, just a lot of guys that kind of just complimented him perfectly. Cliff Tucker. Um, so I'm taking them fun beat. I mean, any team stands up to beat some, you know, eight years kind of after the Duke, the Duke thing is kind of waning at that point from like a back, back and forth rivalry, but, and what could have been, we've talked about that on the show and in other segments, what could have been there in the NCAA tournament, but I'm taking them. I love that team. That was my, my pick. I was hoping to get back to me and it just didn't get back to me. <laughs> that said you got to make a pick i do who do you who do you play for i figured that was coming wow yep take a 1980 u.s hockey team because <laughs> fuck the soviets right i mean yeah fuck them now sheesh yep. let's get back to that rec- are we going on record saying that this well, is an ant- this is I a say, pro-ukraine if say, podcast if i say soviets that actually includes ukrainians Ukraine, at that yeah. point in time Technically speaking, but sure. We're pro-Ukraine though. They're anti-Putin. Come get us, Putin. Mm. If you're listening. If you're listening. He, he, I think he listens. Wouldn't surprise He's got to keep his pulse on Baltimore sports. <laughs> Someone's got to do we, it for him. We block him. <laughs> we should block him. Does he have him. a Twitter? Does Putin have a Twitter? Disney's not releasing movies in Russia. So if, if Big, Ma- if Big Mouse Disney. is out, if Big Mouse is out on you, yeah. We'll good see old Disney. No, that's a good pick. That's a good yeah, pick. Yeah, it's, it's just got to be picked. The best it's part Leo. about that pick is the three of us, obviously, we're not alive for that. But that team feels like it's everybody's team because of Miracle, because of the stories you hear, because you always see the Al Michaels call. So as long as Al Michaels is with us, that team is always sort of with us too. Um, and that movie is just so well done. It's not an Oscar-winning movie, but it's just an awesome sports movie. So – Correct. Good pick. Good pick. All time that, that was coming somewhere. Yep. Yeah. Well, with my next pick, I'm going with the 92 Dream Team. There you go. Yep. Just going with the red, white, and blue here. The team is absolutely stacked. Everybody knows it. Um, I mean, I could just reel it off here. Christian Leitner, David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, Larry Bird, Scotty Pippen, Michael Jordan. By Drexler, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Chris Mullen, Charles Barkley, Magic Johnson, and Isaiah Thomas. Just kidding on that last uh, one. Got him. Got him. Still sour about it, huh? Got him. Yep. You uh can you name the coach? Oh, um, um uh well, the Pistons. Why is his yeah, name? Yeah, what's his name? Me? I mean, I'm picturing him. Why yeah, is I his can name? See him in the me? documentary. Oh, this is horrible. Um, uh, hold on. 
Oh, this is bad radio and really horrible job by us. Mm. <laughs> oh, I can tell. Dream Team documentary. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, uh, I'm thinking of the bad boys. Chuck Daly. Yep. Yes. Yep. Jesus. We don't have That's... to talk about the assistants. No, we do not. We definitely do not. Uh, that's a good pick. I, that was a fun team. And the, that's another good documentary. Dream Team documentary is very good on NBA TV. That was a, yeah, that was great. Uh, I'll, I'll, you know what? Screw it. I was going to go in a certain direction, but now I'm just going to have a little fun with the stay. Let's stay at the red, white, and blue. I'm taking the Magnificent Seven, 1996 Olympic Women's Gymnastics team. Absolutely rocked. Talk about a team that beat the Soviets. Fuck them. Beat them all. Beat all those separated Soviet countries. Sorry, Ukraine. And uh, has one of the all-time Olympic moments, Carrie Strug. Now seen under a different light because of the uh, stuff with the Crowleys and all of gymnastics, but a lovable team. Carrie Strug, Dominique Mochianu. Let me see if I can do this off the top of my head. Dominique Mochianu, Dominique Dawes, Amanda Borden, Shannon Miller, Amy Chow, J.C. Phelps. Bang. Magnificent Seven. Look at you, you dog. That's absolutely pathetic that I'm able to do that. But I'll, you know, <laughs> if you if you ever question my Olympic bona fides, any of the listeners, there it is. Take that, put that in your pipe, and smoke it. Magnificent Seven. RDT, you got two to finish your team off here. I know we've trashed this team pretty hard the last couple of weeks. The 0405 Wizards were some of my oh, wow. favorite favorite basketball memories um, to watch incredible video from richard jefferson about gilbert arenas this week that that was good that was funny <laughs> you, you want to tell anyone what you're doing before the national championship game awesome <laughs> stuff from richard jefferson the, this team though like I'm, I'm looking at so i'm just gonna read down this roster again gilbert arenas steve blake damon brown kwame brown juan dixon jarvis hayes Brendan Haywood, Larry Hughes, Antoine Jameson, Jared Jeffries, uh, Anthony Peeler, Leron Prophet, Peter John Ramos, legend, Michael Ruffin, Eton Thomas, Samaki Walker. Those are the so names just three terps. So many. Yeah, there's a lot of terps like Jared Jeffries. Including Jeffrey. the last two terps were number three, Leron Prophet and Juan Dixon. Yeah, they're they're two legends. Um and again, they this was the team that they they beat the who did they beat in the first round? The Bulls? Yes, they yeah, beat the, the Bulls. Bulls. Yeah, that's when Juan went. Juan had what? Juan had what in one game, and, and Gilbert hit the game winner in over maybe over Heiner. Uh, no, was it over Pargo. Heiner? It was over Gennaro Pargo. Pargo. Yeah, bang, bang, bang on off the elbow. That was, I went crazy in my house. Oh, I, I ran. I ran outside. I like I ran outside <laughs> in my socks screaming, and it was like game two of the first round of the playoffs. Um, but then they got swept in the next round against the Heat. I I went to one of those games. Um, they just got like demolished, but this, this was when everyone clowned them because they gave away shirts after they won the first round. <laughs> I mean, every Gilbert Arenas Wizards team, the ones with Larry Hughes were just, I, I love Karam Butler, me, but that me, was just like, those were the original teams. I mean, those oh were, that was sort of the Wizards back into relevance after the Jordan thing. And like, it was fun with Larry's. I, Karam Butler also incredibly, those, that big three was also fun, but that Larry Hughes big three was the first big three. Larry Hughes was un- I mean, he was awesome. Like, and Jameson, Jameson still, he may be one of my top five favorite players of all time. I loved Antoine Jameson. Like how he played the game was so like, I just, it, it wasn't, you just don't see anyone play it like that. He was just so good. Like he, he was awesome. And again, like I, of course I was going to root for them with Juan and Steve and those guys on the team. And then like 
Juan kind of came into his own and like really found a niche in that, in those playoffs. Um, that, that was just a lot of fun to watch. And, and that like, when I think wizards basketball, I think of Karan and, and Antoine and, and Gilbert, but then I think of this team first um, just cause I went to a couple of the playoff games and, and again, just those, like, I remember the, the, the Juan Dixon game. I remember the, the arenas buzzer beater. Like I think was that, no, I think it was a couple of years later where he was he went on that West Coast swing and like hit a game. He had an unreal. That game was a couple in, years. That was a couple yeah. years later. That was the Quran years. Yeah, he had the game winner, the unreal calls by by Buck Hanson, Phil too. The like when he hit the game winner against the Jazz and just turned around and put his hands up before it even went in. Hibachi, Are, oh man, Arenas was talk about it. Just cold blooded. He was great. Hibachi, Agent Zero. Um, and then my last one, let's go seal team six. <laughs> Fair enough. That's why we do the stars. Okay. And stripes. Yeah. Yeah. The, we were going to talk about stars and stripes. I figured, you know, okay. the, the, the team, the boys shout out to the boys. Um, yeah. Shout out to seal team six. Um, I am going to take. The oh, I'm trying to figure out the year that this existed. Hold on. I guess for lack of a better ability to do this, I'm taking the 2006 Dylan Panthers state champs, baby <laughs> state champs, state motherfucking champs, Matt Saracen, yeah. smash Williams, Tim Riggins. You're a show guy, not a movie guy. Coach T. Uh, yes. And I've had I have this debate with everybody. I love the show is definitely better than the movie. The movie is very good. Um, show is definitely better. One on a very realistic, like 70-yard Hail Mary in the state title game, spoiler alert. <laughs> and you haven't watched at this point, and that's your fault. Um, over West Cambria. Almost got almost got um, you know, obviously the Jason Street injury at the beginning of the year was really, really tough. And then you bring in Voodoo Tatum, that kind of messed with the locker room, but we stayed with Voodoo. it. We stayed with it. Freaking voodoo. Coach T, you know, almost got poached. Came back. Well, got poached. Came back. Almost took, poached. The, uh, almost took the uh, the West Dillon Lions, the, um, the, the Michael uh, B. Jordan-led team a few years later, but just feel like the originals, that's the team. So, um, Lila Garrity. Ooh. Moving on. <laughs> I am kind of surprised this wasn't taken. I'm going to take the 2025 Baltimore Orioles. There it is. Yeah. That that team includes Correa. Yeah, yeah. That's like two. Let's not be silly here. He's not even halfway done his 10 year deal. Yeah. yeah, 350 baby. Chump change. That that's we call that Paul money. Yankees don't got that Paul money. Can I say one of, like the, one of the all-time shockers in the history of the draft is the 2012 Baltimore Ravens not getting picked in this draft. <laughs> that is <laughs> truly amazing. I figured um, it was going to be littered with Ravens. RDT takes the 0-2, 0-2 Terps, um, the 96 O's, the 0-3 Titans, the 0-4-5 Woods, which was a very good pick. I totally forgot about them. And then finishes it off with SEAL Team 6. I took the the 2000 Ravens, the uh, 2012 O's, 
the uh, 0910 Terps basketball, uh, the Magnificent Seven, and the 2006 Dillon Panthers. And Banks takes the 2018 Caps, the 2014 O's, 1980 USA Hockey, 1992 Dream Team, and the 2025 Baltimore Orioles. 2012 Ravens, the clear honorable mention here that didn't get picked. Uh, I guess there's a few other Ravens teams that can be in there. Maybe the, the Lamar team that lost to the Titans is is a you know was a became a beloved team, and there's some other ones in there. Um, there's probably no other Orioles teams in our lifetime. If you went back to like the World Series teams and stuff, we could have done that. Uh, the other Terps basketball ones I had was 04, the ACC tournament champions, the 01 Final Four team, and the 2020 Big Ten champions which people remember differently based on I was, I guess, close to it and other people weren't. And then my self-serving ones are 2018 Maryland soccer, 2012 and 13 Maryland soccer, and 2015 Maryland baseball. Because, you know, roll terps. And 2017 Maryland men's lacrosse, which, which ended the national title drop. What do you guys have? I was going to – I was – when we talked about the topic, I was thinking like just across the board, not necessarily our most beloved, but just like iconically exactly. beloved. So I was like thinking 98 Bulls, 85 Bears, 04 Red yep. Sox, 16 Cubs. Um, I should have taken the 2017 Astros. Your Astros. Yes, my Astros. Such a bad pick. Should have taken that might have been that might have usurped the 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 what was your Halloween candy pick? The delicious the banana laffy taffy. Little man oh. laffy taffy. The 2017 at the Strohs would have been up in that stratosphere <laughs> in terms of bad picks. <laughs> I should have done it. Yeah, you should have. I had the 98 caps on my list too. Mm, 98 caps were fun. Yeah. Yeah. I had also 2010 USA Soccer World Cup, 2002 US Soccer World Cup. I was trying to rack my brain for US national teams. The redeem team was kind of fun. Kobe in the, the gold medal game. Is that 2012? 2008. That's, yeah, I, I, I was thinking about the 2012 team. I almost had them. That was also a fun team. Again, it was just Lob City dunks the whole game. You know what team, if, Banks, if you're going off that – uh, what you were thinking of the that Florida Gulf Coast team? Oh yeah, that yeah. would have been. That I thought so about that. Sweet. Uh, George Mason's Final Four team popped in my head as one. Jeremy Lin, yes. Jeremy Lin's Knicks for like three and a half, three weeks. weeks. Yeah. Oh my God, was we, that we, awesome. I, we would we were out uptown at Towson like every so night wild. when they were playing, just going nuts. nuts I was turning on those games, like turning on all of those games to watch. I I will never forget that. <sighs> The 98 Tom's River uh, Beast from the East. Why? Who played on that team? Couldn't tell you. Uh, what about the Danny Almonte Little League World Series team? <laughs> oh, yeah. That <laughs> Damn it. Uh, I thought about the Monet Day. I thought about Little League World Series a little bit. Monet Davis's team. Uh, the couple Hawaii teams, the ones were very, were very likable. The Jackie Robinson team that cheated. The Jackie Robinson team <laughs> cheated was very likable until they cheated. <laughs> Um, they, they didn't cheat. It was their parents. Don't blame them. Their parents. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. It's not the kid's fault. It's not the kid's no. fault. 20, uh, 2022 uh, Russian figure skating was very entertaining <laughs> the last three weeks. <laughs> 1919 Black Sox. 
White Sox. Um, I obviously took a fictional team. I was trying to think of other fictional teams. <laughs> the Mighty Ducks. Bobsled yeah, team. Yeah, I thought about Jamaican. taking the Mighty Ducks. Jamaican Bobsled team's a good one. I should have thought of that. Um, Could have taken but, the fucking, the, what is it, the 89? No. Uh, let's, let's put a pin in this. Fictional teams. Let's put a pin oh, in this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that. Let's put a pin in this. Let's put a pin in this. Do that. Jordan Spieth and Michael Greller. Uh, the, this recent uh, Ryder Cup team was fun. It was. It was. Uh, Tiger and uh, Stevie Williams, also a good caddy. Also, yeah. Yeah. One. It will fall out there, but. Yeah, yeah. Greller and Spieth is the best, easily the best one of recent vintage, it feels like. But. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nick Kinner Medley, Maryland person of. Oh, I forgot. Oh, one Terps football ACC champs. We've talked about that team a lot. I, oh, I almost yeah, picked them too. Think about that. Yeah, Suter and all those guys. Oh, one Miami would have Sorry, been like Steve. a. Just a team that's talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,. Nick Kinnamary, Maryland person of the week. Um, Banks. Pass. I got nothing right now. Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> this is straight noodle brain. I right went now. right to him during tax season. Um, I'll go because I never start off because I like to throw Inspire it to you guys me. first. Um, mine, honestly, I, I will. We, we, I already talked about this event. We talked about the O2 team coming back. I will specifically um, say Juan Dixon because. Just having him back in college, but Gary Williams is kind of back and around, and and not these guys are around a lot, but just seeing Juan back, obviously coaching at Coppin, so not like he can come back a lot, and and you know, whatever. But is seeing him back in the building and how people responded to him, and how much I feel like he means as a a Maryland player, but also as like a Baltimore player. Obviously went you know went to Calvert Hall, so I have that uh, um, affinity for him, but you know, means a lot to the city and is now, you know, stewarding one of the city's college basketball programs along here. And uh, he just me, I think he just means a lot to people in this area. So it was really cool to see people react to him. He did a live, I have Maryland pride and um, kind of brought you back to what we hope that Maryland basketball becomes again, in terms of making legends like that. Not that there haven't been guys that have become legends since Juan. We talked about Gravis, you know, you have Mello and Anthony Cowan and some of these guys, but um, just a really kind of a special thing. So it was really cool to see. I mean, it was, we've, I've now, we've now talked about this twice already, but like there were times where I was seeing those guys up there and it's like, wanted to make me cry. Like that's just, that team means so much to people around here. So, um, and, and me definitely, I mean, that would have been, that would have been, I think one, one, maybe for all three of us in this draft. So. Again, that I mean, that's, that's exactly why I thought of the topic and I was like, it has to be this. And then I was like, I think I have the first pick. So I feel good about saying it. So. Because I knew I could get that team. Yeah. RDT. Uh, mine was going to be future Oriole Carlos Correa. But we talked about it. And then it was going to be Raul Ramos, too, um, for being the guiding light in our in our lives right now. But we talked about him, too. Um, I'll go I'll go Towson basketball. I don't know if you guys but saw I, I, I was hoping you went with this. This is, I thought that was cool. CAA regular season co-champions, I think for the first time – in like a long, long time. I think, is it 94? Something like that. It, it's been a long time for them. Um, obviously, Towson's not known as a basketball school or anything. Um, they, they've had a, de- a couple decent years recently, but the, 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 the bigger story is their, their coach, Pat Scary, who's a, a damn good coach. When I was there, or no, no, there was a time at one point, 2011, 
they lost 41 straight games at one point. He lost his first 22 and they held on to him and he's been there 10 years. Now they have a conference title, regular season title. Um, I mean, you, you won't see that very often is the teams holding on to guys who lose their first 22 games. That's, that's pretty outstanding. Um, so good, good for them. Good for the, they, they had to do that weird. Um, they made up the second half of their game against Delaware tonight. Um, after the game in like late January was postponed due to precipitation on the court. Um, so I looked up and I was like, why is Towson playing at four 30 on a Monday? Um, but yeah, it's, it's a cool story. Cool. Cool to see them celebrate and everything like that. And I mean, if, if, if college basketball is going to be like it, like, like we saw it this weekend, we're, we're in for a, a good treat the, uh, this next couple of weeks. So. Thanks. Do you have anything you need me to save you with some honorable mentions? I, uh, I'm going with the Ukraine angle here. I'm just Ukrainians as a whole. I was going to give it to the, I mean, I don't know how to pronounce the guy's name, but the president, the guy's owning social media and saying all the right things. Um, I don't know if there's a way to just put him under control of more shit in the world. Like, I don't know, but it seems, he seems to have his shit together. Um, and the way that that country is banding together and doing some cool stuff. And uh, I mean, I can't say that I've been paying huge amount of attention, but everything that, that seems to be going either viral or catching a lot of headlines seems to be very, uh, I don't know, inspirational. And uh, um, of course things, times are tough and everything and we don't have to go too deep into it or whatever, but uh, you know, they're, uh, they're fighting their ass off over there. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously the dominant story in the world right now, and rightfully so. And as you said, I don't think there's any reason for us to go on a total geopolitical breakdown of all the things that it means. I do think there – and you're right in everything you said about, uh, you know, the Ukrainian people digging in and fighting for the country. I do think the sports angles, you know, to of it are very fascinating. Um with Vitaly Klitschko, who, you know, for non-boxing people is a world champion. His bro- brother, Vladimir, probably a little more famous, also a world champion. Um, he is – Vitaly is the mayor of Kiev, which is which is wild. Um, and he is like – I mean, th- those guys are massively famous in Europe. So them being at the center of this is, is obviously with Kiev sort of almost being I, – I kind of – Ground zero is the bad word for it, but kind of, I think, being the dominant one that the Russians are trying to take over. So you have those guys. Then you have Vasily Lomachenko and Alexander Usek, who are both boxers right now. Vasily Lomachenko and two Olympic winners. They're, like, joining battalions to fight in the in the war. Um, and then the Maryland connection is um, Alex Len, obviously played for Maryland, plays for the Kings, Ukrainian. And then we have a player on our team right now, Pavla Zuba, who's Ukrainian. And um, I can't imagine what those guys are going through um, with what's going on over there dealing with that. Um, and, and we've tried to support Pablo at Maryland as, as, as much as we can um, because he's kind of the only family he has. We're the only family he has over here as his family is still over in Ukraine. So it's, that's our, I mean, it's, that's real, that's real stuff. And uh, obviously hopefully, you know, cooler heads prevail. I don't, I don't know why this stuff has to happen in the world, but yeah, I joked about Putin. We joked about Putin listening earlier, but that's an evil guy, man. And uh, hopefully, hopefully the the economic sanctions and all these things kind of put that to rest. But no, that's the. I mean, that is they are the Nick Cannon Redley people of the week. I mean, hopefully that that is 
I think all of us as Americans can agree on that one. We can't agree on much, but you uh, and point. I don't I don't think you saw you were able to see on Sunday with the broadcast on CBS. They did a great job of of showing like him running out of the tunnel with the flag, and and they talked about him sometime in the second half. So so they made sure to like get that in and 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 talk about it. So I, I thought that was neat too. And again, it was like gave me like goosebumps watching it, and it was like oh my god, like this. Yeah. Is- so. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, we obviously had so much going to Maryland on Sunday and him running out with the flag pregame. I don't know if that's, that made me feel a feeling. I don't know if I felt before in terms of just like watching a guy that, I mean, who knows what is on his mind, you know, just and show, he was showing the flag that comes out and just showed it to the student section. I mean, it was, I was like, this is, I mean, this is different. So yeah, crazy. Probably a good, probably a good one. We can all agree on there to, uh, to finish off to finish off that segment and finish off the podcast. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how the, uh, the Ravens draft stuff develops here. We're going to talk comp picks as we, as we come forward, always a fun topic for the, uh, the plugged in Ravens fans. And uh, maybe by the end of this, when this podcast releases, all that lockout talk will be irrelevant and we'll have a deal and be looking forward to spring training and opening day baseball. It may be done uh, in a couple minutes. From what is Bob Nightingale what... said, Bob Nightingale is putting on an absolute well... beat. No, no, no. He is. I, I think someone said this is his one shining moment. Oh, people think Bob's in the right here. Oh yeah. This but... is this where it feels like passing comes in and scoops him though. Heyman is out here tweeting, crediting Nightingale being like, yeah, he had it first. Wow. That's what some, someone said. Bob Nightingale came back down, came, came back from a 28 to three deficit. Many this is saying. like a, we're in full timestamps mode here, huh? Oh yeah, it's the 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 Twitter timeline right now. I know, obviously, can't no one can listen to this, but oh, they agreed on twelve teams in the playoffs, which is apparently that was like one of the big things. Well, we were hoping that this would somehow break while we were potting. It's well, we'll you, probably get off. Should the we air break it right now? Do you want to say breaking news? Baseball's back. Hey, Eric, what's <laughs> the breaking news that's coming right now here at eleven fifty two? Uh, baseball is back. So you heard, wow, you heard it there here it first. Is. You heard it here first on the X-82. Peace, credit the X-82 podcast. We had that. Baseball's back. Baseball's back. And uh, we'll issue a retraction next week if that's not true, but we don't. We expect it to be true. You can only report the facts that you know. Um, follow us on all of our social media at X-82 Podcast, Twitter, and Instagram. You can follow me at TaylorSmite10. Follow Eric at E-D-I-T-T-I-22 for just epic Carlos Correa content. You can follow... Banks at Barstool Banks for all your tax needs. I'm sure you can drop into his DMs with any questions. He's got tons of times to answer those. So make sure to <laughs> make sure to do that. Um, he would Free love charge he would, as well. Free he would absolutely well. love to hear from you and he will not charge you for the consultation. Um, uh, support all of our sponsors. Um, Third Level Midnight makes our all of our X2 merch. Fed Thrill, as we talked about um, earlier, 20% off promo code X2. And then Jimmy Seafood. Uh, tremendous stuff from them as well. We'll see you next time on the X52 podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood. <laughs>